Hello and welcome to SoFarscape. A ostensibly fun-filled Farscape fan cast with a fervent fan. <laughs> and a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story, story so Farscape. Farscape. Yes. Fun-filled is a little bit of a stretch for today's episode, isn't it? How are you feeling about season two so far? It's a roller coaster ride. I mean, it's 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 amazing. I mean, right? Yeah, but it is mostly downhill. If we're being oh honest. dear, is it going to get worse? No, I mean, I mean, okay. So we've had we're up to episode five, the way we weren't, and now honestly, I have been excited to share this episode with you for a while. Oh, but I've kind of forgotten like what a downer season two starts as. Uh, I mean, mind the baby, excellent. Yeah, right, excellent. Absolutely fantastic to get back uh, to get back into the uh, the adventure of our science jock and our reformed peacekeeper, uh, a priest struggling to regain her sanity. Well, we've not seen much of in this season so far. Zana's been a bit of a background character, I've noticed. Right. So also, Dargo's also not getting a lot of screen time. It seems a lot to, to be mostly. Well, I mean, last episode was lots about Shana and. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and the episode before that was the Dargo show with uh, with the Oric with the Oricon. Oh yes. In fact, I, I, like that's something that I've that I didn't really notice as much when I was watching it the first time around. After Mind the Baby, it's all been character episodes about like not John. Yeah. Although right. he does always play a very prominent role as, I guess, a little bit the glue that holds every starts holding everybody together. Sort of, but it's, yeah. it's, it seems to be his role. Okay, now we've gotten into the episode really quickly now. His role seems to be a lot of kind of getting out of people's way. He picks people up by the scruff and gives them a good shake. That's at least the, the, what what he tries to do. Exactly, exactly. So he tries to do that with Dargo in uh, in Vitas Morta, yeah. Mortis, and and that's not what Dargo needs. No, no. And then again with with uh, Chiana, Chiana, and Aaron sets him straight because that's not what Chiana needs. No, I guess he's trying to find his his place in the crew still a little bit. Like On what the what path his. <laughs> Maybe oh maybe now that Zan is is kind of like oh worldly concerns do not bother me anymore yeah. he's the one who's just looking for a juicy emotional crisis to oh that might be it to really empathize I mean Zan's become she was a little bit snippy this episode like very unzanish I mean at least not the Zan that we know from season one oh, did I hurt you my dear we've had like character non John centric episodes this season that we didn't really have as much in the first season there was uh, the Rhapsody in Blue. I could see that, yeah. But even that had a lot of plot for the rest of the characters to do as well. Yeah. And this one, the way we weren't, is for Aaron and it turns out Pilot. Yes. Oh, I love that. It was like, yeah. There was such a big squee moment uh, regarding right? Pilot because I've been, I've been so curious about Pilot, and this is like this tells and shows a lot of the things that I was interested in. Oh, it's uh, it's, it's it's many people's like on the crew, many people's favorite episode. Certainly, Lani Tupu. Got well, to do so much. I was going to say, he finally got the, yeah, but both parts needed a lot of uh, work from him, I suppose. Oh, is this the first time Pilot, Pilot and Crace, did they talk to each other? No, it was the old Pilot. Uh, yes, I suppose so. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Crace saw the, saw new, our Pilot. Uh, this, he saw him in the, in the loading bay when he was, uh, when, when he was oh, being that's... brought on board. Wait, okay, so, uh, <laughs> music. Prepare the stopper. Cool. Okay, now we can now we can start. <laughs> for the for the listeners at home, we are going to struggle to keep this fun because, boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a lot. Yes, I mean opening shot immediately has you worried about like there's peacekeepers 
walking, marching through the corridors of a Leviathan. Yes. And so you're immediately thinking, okay, what happened? Is this is this another gimmick? Is this like, you see the, the, the red and black uniform. So at first oh. I was like, is that John? But no, it's not. Uh, right, yeah, because all the all the other peacekeeper soldiers they have their uh, their, their helmets bug on. Eye helmets on, yeah. yeah. And notice this like lists a little bit differently than Moya tends to be usually as well. Yes, what you're what you're seeing is called a bleach bypass process, mm-hmm. and it's where you take the celluloid, which has a a light sensitive emulsion on it that you normally then uh, treat with a with a with a fixer and a bleach pass, yeah. which takes out uh, a lot of the silver that's used as a as a reagent. Right. Yes. And it's quite expensive as well, so you want to recycle that. But if you don't do that, if you leave some of the silver on, you get these deep deep blacks and these washed out colors and these and these harsh contrasts. Yes. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. The uh, Tim okay. Burton film was uh, was filmed with uh, with this process. It's it's really kind of haunting. And Tony Tills, the director, used it here for uh, all the flashbacks to give it that that edge and to make Moya feel quite different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I noticed it was very well done to to see how all the flashbacks were differently uh, uh, differently lit. And yes, had a very yeah. different feeling. Although there's more stuff that I would like to talk about about Moya's appearances uh, as we're seeing. But yes, everybody marches into the into the command. Cha- sorry, into the, the pilot pilot's cha- den. Pilot's den. And then we learn that the pilot there is not, in fact, our pilot, but another yeah. pilot. I have been bonded to this Leviathan for 21 cycles. It's oh, a, a more a, feminine voice. I think it's the same puppet. I think I so, mean, too. Obviously, it would be yeah, very yeah. expensive, but she has her eyebrows set differently. She has a, a different set to her to her jaw, and she speaks with a, uh, with a female voice. Yeah. And I mean, we don't get to enjoy their presence for very of her presence for very long because as soon as Kreis wanders into the den as well, what is taking so long? He orders the uh, lieutenant involved to shoot the pilot. Fire! Yes, because the the lieutenant has marched his soldiers in here to confront the uh, the old pilot to acquiesce to their demand for Kreis's secret project. Whatever your secret project is, I will not participate. The the pilot refuses. Uh, and on behalf of Moya as well, and she calls them, you know, you enslave us, you torture us, and you expect our cooperation. Yes. And then the lieutenant says something in a language we don't understand. Yeah. And the pilot is shocked. That, because, I mean, it's presumably that he, that he can actually speak their language. And what he's telling her, that there is another pilot to ah, replace her. Yes. Which is what Kreis says when he when he walks in and he can't understand why progress isn't being made. Kreis was intense. He was, yes, very much so. He's like back to his old crazy self again. And I noticed that as well because, okay, so a Treaty of Mintaka 3 here. There's a uh, discussion later on in which we hear that Kreis is already considered a bit of a madman at this point. Yeah. It's like, it's not that he like went off the deep end later. It's like, no, at this point uh, in the past, which we learn is about three yarns ago. Sorry, see cycles. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I always keep oh, missing. very good. I always keep missing y- yarn with. Uh, th- oh, right, the Battlestar Galactica. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's why I always mix those up. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of like new Battlestar Galactica vibes from the the flashbacks. Yes, right. Yeah. The, but it's it, the gray, it's the gray and white black lit scenes. Yeah, yeah, it looked yeah. it looked very much like Galactica, except rounder. Oh, it's a it's a horrifying scene when when Kreis orders his soldiers to fire. Those, that pilot can take a lot of damage. He's a, yeah, 
it takes a it takes a long time for her to go down. It's, yeah. it's torturous to watch. Oh, I noticed there was some really cool camera work in this in this space. Lots of vertical moves for the camera. Mm-hmm. In the in the commentary track with uh, Claudia Black, she mentioned that they used a cherry picker and oh. that they just had their regular Steadicam operator in a cherry cherry picker so they could lower him down from above and then he could actually yeah. walk off. Because I noticed that the camera moves in between some of the uh, peacekeepers mm-hmm. and it just like uh, almost like ducks under someone's arm or at least it looks like that. Yeah, great and, choreography. Yeah, and as the peacekeepers take off their helmets, it turns out that Aaron is one of them. And then it turns out we're not just experiencing a flashback, it is being seen. Yep. We pull back through like a holographic screen that sort of fritzes out. And it's uh, Chana who has been showing this to John. Apparently she found this lying around somewhere. Where'd you find this? Top tier? You can throw the Drenstone up there? So wow. she's been just like been snooping around and like uh, finding this. And yeah, there's like, okay, we need to talk about this. This like ship meeting. Yeah, we go to the we go to the credits. A housemates meeting is uh, is called where I mean all our heroes are are there together and they are not happy with each other. Especially not the ones who were imprisoned on Moya. That was a long time ago. Three cycles isn't that long. <laughs> I was aboard Moya by then. As was I. Ever torture a Hynerian? Perhaps you helped torture me too. No. Yeah. They're the ones who are like, oh, you were here on Moya before? I guess so. I've been I've on been hundreds, hundreds of... Yes, I heard... I, I, that. I know that as well. That was like, oh, I've been on hundreds of Levines. And so this this project that Chris had been working on must have been a big thing. I mean, I know you mentioned that in mm-hmm. the uh, in the uh, first episode of season one that you already see two other uh, Leviathans in, this, in the same command group or carrier yes. command group, I suppose you should call it. Yeah, you see them here again as well because the uh, the special effect shot is reused of Krasis' command group. Hmm. Uh, some smaller craft, including three Leviathans in, in formation. Now, I don't know that every Leviathan is involved in this secret project, which Probably we not. later find out was... Crace's project was Talon, basically. Talon was Crace's yes. secret project, no. which was prevented from coming to fruition by... By, uh, the, by Lieutenant uh, Velorak. Velorak. Velorak, sorry. Yeah, because wh- it's, it's quite astonishing how much new information we get about the backstory of characters that we thought we knew, and also like how much... How many plot arcs are kind of resolved that don't need resolving, honestly, because where Talon no. came from is actually not important at this point. Now he's been born. True. But it does give a nice bit of backstory and a, a little bit of development, especially for, I mean, also for Krace. Yes, it does sort of solidify yeah. why Krace was so attracted to uh, to Talon. And why, and, he knew so, and why he knew so much about it. Because yeah. uh, this has been his his pet project for a while now, only at least three cycles that we know of, and probably a lot longer than that. Because this is not the first time they're doing this with Leviathan. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh? I mean, okay, so... Uh, yeah, no, tell me, tell me how so, that... So, uh, so Lieutenant Velorak is the one who is tasked with replacing the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the old pilot gets killed, there's a few... And se- scooped out. And sc- oh, that was like... Uh, yeah, there's a comment by two of the other peacekeepers who, like, apparently, like, were marveling at how, how deep they went. I had to yeah. go to, uh, <clears throat> to get, the get, get, out. get the entire old pilot out. But everything that Velarak does, I mean, he uh, he has a discussion with Krace. Krace says, like, how long is it going to take? He says, it's going to take me 84 hours to do. And he goes, like, you've got 60. It's like yeah, typical, typical typical commander bullshit. And yeah. he goes, like, sorry, I can't do it. And it's like, from everything that I saw there, I got the impression that Velarak is the is, is the 
technical expert at you know pilot replacement. Yes, he's, I, he, he I knows agree. what he's doing. He's got Moya uh, sedated. He knows how to handle pilots. He knows and he knows about their physiology. He speaks their language, which speaks is language, which, incredibly complicated. Yes, apparently, like hundreds of me- meanings can be conveyed Facts in a concept sentence. in a in a short in sentence. sentence. Yeah, which is way too much for uh, translator microbes to handle, but apparently not for uh, for a trained student of pilot yeah. physiology. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The uh, house. Um, Mate meeting is not going very well. Although Chiana yeah. here takes the, uh, the the reasonable line, saying that like we've yes, I noticed that too. Yeah, hey, she was a peacekeeper. Uh-huh. What did you think she was doing? Yeah, what she was out picking baskets of rollerless buds while all the other mean peacekeepers did all the really nasty stuff. Like you accepted her before already. You just like now you're just like faced with some of the things that actually happened, rather than just them, her being a vaguely being a peacekeeper. I. Loved that. Yeah, that was because John tries to be the voice of reason. It's like, hey, we're squabbling, bickering. (laughs) What's happening to us? Yeah. Which is not, no, John, that's not going to cut it because Rigel is outraged, which I think he's just in it for the, like, I think he's been bored for a while. Bored, bored, bored. Will you stop doing that? And he wants a nice crisis. He's being a a little shithead like his usual usual self. And for Zan and Dargo, it's very personal. Like, it's reminding them of a time when they were imprisoned on this ship. And both of them are like, like, did you torture us? uh, Right. Were you the one, one of the people who like did this to us? I mean, it's one thing to absolve someone in the abstract of a life that they had behind them. Yeah. Then also to like be aware, hey, that life may have directly affected me as well. Like, woof. Yeah. But Chiana, yeah, she's she's not affected by by this, and she sort of I mean, tries she, to say yeah, everyone straight. I, mean, I guess she doesn't have. I mean, she's not directly involved. Uh, but yeah, she, d- she doesn't have a pony in the race. Exactly. She beautifully brings out the reasonableness, I suppose. And it's like and, yeah. and points it out, and and everybody kind of grudgingly accept this. Zan goes to stalk off and be alone for a bit. Uh, Dargo. Basically, also, yeah, Rigel is just like, I don't know, we don't see what he's, he does, he's but kind of huffy. He, he just huffs off and goes back. Okay, so a Treaty of Mintaka 3, I think, is important here as well. Because we <laughs> Very go beat much. by beat, we're going to really struggle to keep it all straight. Right. So there's, there's, two, there's two major movements throughout this, this episode. And mm-hmm. like, there's the movement one is Aaron getting the story out of Aaron. I have to talk to him. Talk to me. I have to talk to him. Why don't you talk to me? I have to talk to him. So you think the talking will help? Mm-hmm. Because there's more to it than than we've just seen. Oh, what very we've much seen so. is yeah. oh the, the the crisis that Aaron was aboard Moya before and then executed the previous pilot. And that's what we get in the first few minutes. But the thing that she needs to open up about is how she felt about this Lieutenant Velarek because yeah. they were in a relationship. Which yeah. you know, talking to Crichton about her old boyfriend is True. tricky for both of them. Yeah. The other major movement is pilot, which begins with, okay, we can, whatever happens, we cannot show this to pilot. And Dargo takes the recording to keep it safe. Yeah. I had that recording in my quarters, hidden. It does not stay safe. It does not stay safe, no, because our resident little shit head, of course, decides that uh, <laughs> he, he, takes, he needs to take the moral high ground. Oh, I am a dominar of principle as principle. well as action. And show it to pilot. <laughs> that was just like, wow. I love how Chiana always calls him out on his bullshit. Yeah. He I can't mean, get anything past her. No, I mean, she takes a bullshit to know a bullshit, you know? No, no. <laughs> But yeah, right. So yeah, like the, he, he has his ethical uh, little uh, huff that he uh, thought that it was the best thing to do, and like I think I agree with you. Like he he, right? was, he was just bored and he needed a little bit of drama. To- <laughs> 
<laughs> he doesn't have. John's not causing any crisis. Yeah. Like nobody's doing anything. It's so boring the, on here. The dominar is not being entertained. Something needs to happen. <laughs> I know. It's like throwing a hand grenade into the Big Brother house and just to see what happens. And the pin's still in there, but let's just toss a hand grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, uh, we get. For the first time, we get to see Pilot out of his den. Because uh, yeah. in, the, in the flashback, there's Aaron bitterly complaining about the fact that she got pulled off prowler duty and now has to be on transport duty. Yes, um, because she spent the last 22 solar days with uh, with Velarek yes. in a cramped little transport. Turns out that wasn't much of a problem later on because yeah. like, they kind of like, uh, I believe from uh, solar day two or onwards, they've been uh, they've been getting it on. They, uh, they, they've re- been recreating. Yes, yes I oh, got that. I'm, so, I'm going to give you five points just for, for having written that down. Very good. Good. <laughs> Which is a different definition to parks and recreation now, doesn't Ooh. it? But yeah, we get to see Pilot kind of like wrapped up in a little bit of a cocoon type thing. Yeah. Was a- I have been so curious so far, like... What does Pilot's bottom half look like, basically? Hey, that's rude. <laughs> no, well, you know. That's not how you look okay, at it. What his what... lower half looks like? Let me put it, let me rephrase it like that. Lo- I wonder what he looks like below the waist. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a cool thing. No, I mean, like, we've, no, been, I we, get you. we've been known that the, uh, his uh, nervous system is entwined with Moya, so I've, I've always been wondering, like, okay, how does this work? Like, how, how do they, yeah. how do they how look before? How big is he? How big yeah. is he? How does he look before they get bonded to a, a leviathan? You know what? Let's exp- let's pull on that thread. Okay. And because, yeah, we, we, we learn a lot about Pilot's physiology. He even looks different here. It was, it was tough to see, mm-hmm. uh, but I noticed it in my, my second watch through. His carapace is much smaller as a, uh, as a younger as a younger pilot. I was wondering about that. Yeah, his was... face is more animated, but his uh, he's got these what do you call them like side crests. Yes, uh, and they're and they're significantly uh, smaller. He also has a, an entire bottom half, which is uh, like half again his his body. Yeah, which I found out they had a spare body for pilots. So they just turned that upside down. Ah, yes, I was and wondering. And used that as his as yeah. bottom half because and they just had to paint it and like add some some extra little legs that he's got there. Right. Yes. I, so that's the thing that I uh, enjoyed seeing. It's like they, apparently they do have little legs, but they're not very mobile on them. I, I guess they can move around on their own before they're bonded. Yes, because we see the the the, the pilot planet, which is unnamed. But I know from the lore that it's called Doyen. Uh-huh. And I'm only telling you that because it doesn't matter. Where Velarek has apparently visited to have a secret little chat, a secret little swamp chat with yes. a young, impressionable pilot. I want to be joined so badly. I can make that happen, young one. And he says that the, the elders have not decreed that he's that it's his destiny. Ready to bond with a Leviathan. But, I mean, you say he's so young, but that was only three cycles ago. As we learn here now. Yes, he is very young. Yes, and inexperienced. Yeah. Then again, I was thinking, like, you can't really be experienced at bonding with a Leviathan. Apparently, you, you only do it once. Apparently, the only way to get unbonded yeah, is correct. to die either with, with the Leviathan or without the Leviathan, as we learn here. It, yeah. But it does explain his eagerness to learn and how he always goes on about how he's studying hard and how he yeah. feels inadequate. And I guess that's... That explains a few things about this behavior in that regard. Yeah, like, certainly when when you compare it to the other pilot that we meet, who is much more principled and firm and aggressive and confident, like she's a grown-up. Yeah. I insist you reverse the control collar anesthetic and reawaken this leviathan at once! Uh, whereas pilot isn't, so maybe he is like servile uh, demeanor is kind of a reflection of his inexperience and youth, and that that's what the, uh, what the elders are looking for, someone who has... 
life experience. Right, can, someone who's been around a little bit more and knows how to yeah. uh, to concentrate and uh, well, not necessarily concentrate. He knows how to do that, but uh, yeah. So we see we see more of of Pilot as he's as he's brought in as cargo. He's the secret cargo that yeah. Aaron was transporting. He's got this little uh, gas mask on his face. It's got a little Hannibal Lecter deal to it. Like his uh, arms are sort of uh, right. strapped to yeah. his, uh, his his front, and then he's being lowered into the into the now emptied pilot's den, which. That set was huge yeah, now. I love that set. That was a fantastic uh, shot. Beautiful to see how that was done, how it was like being brought into into position. and uh, being winched in. And, he was and like, there's a space underneath now as well. Yes. And he was uh, so, so nervous and anxious about it all. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's like must have been like, terribly exciting for him, but also, yeah. And, and, Terrifying. Like he's been yeah. crated up for, for 22 days and now there's there's all of these little people milling around. He's he's fully Hannibal Lectured. But yeah, you've got this you've got this space underneath where Velorek is working and you can tell that he's working hard because he's got his sleeves rolled up. Mm. That was a nice look. By the it way. was a very nice look. Crace is being his usual snippy self, like demanding more progress. Demanding faster. more progress. Uh, Aaron tries to like, like hey, can I get back to my prowler? And he's like he just like it just blanks even, her and turns around. Yeah, like, I'm not even talking to you. I'd like to state my case for being returned to my regular assignment as a prowler. She, uh, that was the wrong moment. And then she's cornered by, like, the two bully uh, infantrymen. Right. Well, well, but isn't our high and mighty little prowler pilot? Who... There's, there's a lot of classism in, just, in PK yeah. society. I mean, maybe is that a military thing? I, I'm not an experienced guess. military person. No, I. Like, is there, I guess, vindictiveness between the different branches? Because oh, they're sort yeah, of bullying definitely. her for being a, a fly boy, fly yeah. girl. Right, and they're, they're, they're smearing the, the, the stuff that they have on them, on her uniform and on her face. Uh, and now next time you'll be digging there. The gu- and again, like next time that you'll be de- down there digging guts with us and like right, implying yeah. that this is not unusual for pilots to be replaced in this manner. Oh, I got it from, I got that they were saying, you're one of us now, you're just infantry. Right. So the next time that a latrine needs digging, which is oh. infantry work, you're going to be there with us. I didn't, no, this is interesting though. Like, I didn't get that there were, that this was a, a repeated project. It seemed to me, that, that that's, that's how, that's the, imp- that's the impression I got at least. Okay, let's finish this this thread of, of pilot because it, it leads us to when he's being installed, which is normally like a slow natural bonding process. Which can take a cycle or two. Yeah. That has to be skipped because of the timetable that they're that they're under. Yeah. Which suggested to me that like I think this is a passion project for for Crace that he got grudging permission to uh, to pursue and a very yeah. limited amount of time. Yeah. Hence placing all this pressure to get it done. Because if it fails, I don't get another shot. And then my ascendancy is it's halted. Yes, like maybe Although, this is his ticket into the admiralty. I guess, but it's still unclear because, like, the whole mm-hmm. growing Leviathan peacekeeper uh, gunship is like that's going to take more time than the, those eighty hours that he. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's like, yeah, there's a sense of urgency on his side, and he's got something, uh, and he's got something that he wants to hurry on, hurry it on. I don't know. And as a consequence, the bonding is is rushed. Move. Um, and young pilot. Is, is in a great deal of pain. Yes. Which Velorek assures him is going to be permanent. He'll get used to it. And it's like, wait, it's not going to go away? It's yeah. Like, nope. An unfortunate but permanent side effect of the grafting process. But throughout all this, Velorek is so kind. Yes. Whenever he can be, 
And especially, and, especially when Chris isn't looking. Yes, because when Chris <laughs> is looking, that's when he pulls out the cattle prod and like demonstrates the kind of sadism that that Chris expects. Right. For no uh, for no reason whatsoever, he cattle prods Pilot uh, just to show that he's not being soft on him. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a consummate peacekeeper who recognizes Chris for what he is and what he needs to what he needs to see. I mean, that's that explains why he says he's uh, he's so high in military tech command. Right. I was wondering about that. So is he a tech or? A military, military tech, I mean... So it seems that tech is a class, yeah, but you've also is, got, like, new technologies branch, yeah. which is what John and Aaron pretended to be when the uh, when the Peacekeeper right. Commanders arrived. So I guess NCOs, I no? suppose, but, like, you know, Aaron used to, like, like, look down on, oh, that's tech work, but yeah, frankly yeah. she doesn't mind doing a little tech work with Mr. <laughs> Velarak himself. Yeah, because that's the other major movement of this episode, her relationship with, uh, with Velarek, which, oh, there was some cool fake-outs like the very first time that we uh, that we see them together Aaron is uh, is undressing after her duty ends and Velarek is there filmed very ominously he grabs her covers her mouth and pushes her down on top of him, him yes. and she kisses him yes she makes a comment to John that her all her previous relationships have always been painful and I got like oh this is like Klingon yeah. sex you know when they're having like fu- when they're fighting and like <laughs> being disseming and then this scene gives me like oh and then like suddenly the Klingons develop cuddling and it's like oh what is this thing it's like is, yeah. this, kinky, is this kinky sex like <laughs> <laughs> it is it is for them peacekeepers are encouraged to recreate as many and as often as you want as frequently because with as many high, partners as they want. High Command understands that the, the needs, the biological needs, I believe they call it. Totally fine. Yep. I did notice, like, the explicit John asking whether, what about relationships? You know, the male-female kind? Yes. Oh, John. Oh, John. <laughs> oh. You haven't been out in the Uncharted territories long, have you? <laughs> Although I did notice later on, uh, Velarak, when he's being sneaky with the... Uh, with his fellow uh, conspirators. They're awfully touchy and friendly with each other, I aren't they? No. Yes. Yeah, no. Young Kaki had, <laughs> certainly had a little bit of uh, like a moment he, there. <laughs> yeah, he may have written some fan fiction in his in his head in the privacy yeah. of his little thought palace. Yeah, that was like yeah, they were very comfortable and touchy with each other. Those texts when they were uh, yeah. working on uh, Valorex's uh, sneaky little uh, side project, I suppose. Uh, they seem <clears> to all be of uh, oh. So Valorex was played by Alex Dimitriadis, mm-hmm. and he's of Greek Australian descent. And he yeah. was in a, in a in a film about like Greek Australian culture called uh, uh, The Heartbreak Kid, which I've not yet seen, yeah. but it's about a, like a passionate relationship between a student and a, and a teacher. Uh, and apparently there was a series there as well. Uh, so he was quite a get for this plucky Australian project. Oh, okay. But it sort of seemed like a lot of the other peacekeepers, and certainly the tech that he was so comfortably handsy with, seemed also to be of Greek descent. You know, the dark of hair, the yeah. uh, uh, refined jaw. I could have also bought Arabic. Yeah, right. I can see that, yeah. But, you know, Mediterranean. Oh, yes, of yeah, course. It makes sense. It's, uh, it's, they're, they're all within spitting distance of each other's gene pools. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a mental image that I needed. No, I'm so sorry. Uh, Speaking so, of spitting in the gene pool. Well. <laughs> hold on. That's what Velarek and his, uh, and his conspirators are up to. They're trying to sabotage. Oh, uh, I see what you mean now. The, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, my mind went somewhere else entirely. Yeah, yeah, no, let's come back to follow the light. Uh, they were trying to sabotage Crace's project, and so that was like their sabotage was to install the contraceptive shield. Yes, that uh, that Dargo wound up breaking. Breaking in, uh, they have got a secret. Yeah, that was interesting to hear. Like apparently, so for some reason, Velarak didn't want Crace's uh, project to succeed. Crace is a maniac, and his coveted project. 
It's an abomination. No, I don't know anything about Crace's project, and I don't want to know. The project will likely kill this Leviathan, and I cannot let that happen. Will not. What does that mean? Is that what you thought about it? Yeah, he thought it was vulgar. I uh, think I think maybe he's, he's a Leviathan pilot expert. Yeah. So he must, like, like it. He must, you know, know. he must he's, have he's some clearly, kind of yeah, he's, investment. He's clearly um, invested in his job, uh, and he he does it well. He knows all about the things. He's a little bit, you know. I mean, I won't call him call him a mengala, but it's yeah. I see what I see what you mean. Like his ability to to be cruel as uh, as well as kind. But I I genuinely don't think that the kindness is a cover. No. The way that it was for such you know such such monsters as as Joseph Mengele, yeah. like I think that this is a necessity of his culture that he recognized because he compliments Aaron for that as well. Like right. this is who you need to be, but you can be so much more. Ah, yes. You, like, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. And like it's even spelled out by Aaron. That's what right. that's what when, John when, said. When as you're well. in, when you're in a later when you're in a different situation, you can be much better. And that's like yeah. Okay. Uh, Again, Mintaka 3, uh, like right at the end, after Eren sells him out to Kreis. Yes. He's, he still admires her. Congratulations, Eren. No ordinary peacekeeper would have attempted this. I told you you were special. Yeah. I noticed that, that like when, when, when he's being carted off by the guards, he still has his admiration for her. And he's like, he, and doesn't the, even, you know, he doesn't even hold it against her, it seems, that she sold him out to get, back, to get her uh, no. position back. He still wants her to believe in herself at that point. Because that that arc is like, he offers to pull some strings so that they can stay together. And she seems to be playing along right until the end. And then it's like, turns out that she's told Chris about his little side project. Yeah. That there there is a side project, not what it is, because he uh, managed to keep his mouth shut. And there's no evidence of your uh, shenanigans there, but we're still going to arrest you anyway for treason. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a harsh uh, it's a harsh world and she gets her prowler assignment back and she goes on. But or whatever. Yeah. As Chris says, or, or Lieutenant Teague who's still alive at that point. Oh, he's been he's been serving for a while. Okay, a little bit we have to go go back to the beginning because Aaron has a little This breakdown. isn't even a time travel episode. Look I at know. this go. But this is what you get with with flashbacks. Yes. It's a flash. Yeah, that makes I'm with it very you. hard. I'm with you. No. So Aaron has a little I'm going to bleach bypass myself so we know we're in a flashback. <laughs> Don't drink the bleach, Kaki. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Keep reminding me. Erin has a little breakdown, which is quite understandable, and John does his best to comfort her. Yes, they're having another, another boxing breakdown on the... Uh, it seems to be her favourite way to uh, deal with things. Yeah, she's got she to make some hamburgers, as, uh, as, as John said, out of, her, out of her knuckles while she's beating up the... At, at least the carpet has a red section, which she can bleed on without messing up the white sections. Oh, the, the, the visual symbolism of them sort of kneeling there afterward with the red wedge, literally, like the peacekeeper wedge between them. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I learned, by the way, that director or supervising director Andrew Prowse made off with that carpet... Oh. After uh, after filming wrapped, <laughs> he just rolled it up and just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So bugger. Uh, he's uh, doing a good job of uh, comforting her, I suppose. When pilot, when we learn that pilot has now gotten the recording and wants to talk to Officer Sun. Yes, and holds it out like holds the thing out in his giant. <laughs> we need to talk. Uh, I like John in this episode. I think he's learned a lot from the last situation with Chiana mm-hmm. where and Dargo as well. In both those cases, he was trying to convince and or force his friends to come back from the brink and, and, yeah. and just, just come and be safe. And he's realized in both cases that that was the wrong thing to do. He needs to 
give them space to to work through it on their own. And I think that's what he's doing with Aaron. He is just constantly asking questions. That's the only thing he does in this entire episode. Asking people to... Yeah, how do you feel about this? What yeah. what, what can you do about this? What's... Uh how do we resolve this? Because uh, that's the thing that she's that she's struggling to tell him. Like we've uh, a, a few fake outs. We think at first maybe she's struggling to tell him what happened with Velorek because it was an unpleasant memory of right, trauma, but which it, it wasn't. No. And then maybe she's she's uncertain about telling John because well, you don't really wax prosaic about prior lovers in the face of someone that you're that you're close with now. Currently interested in no, but John takes it very well. I'd say it's like he's yeah yeah he has a little to bit of a struggle talk. with yeah. it, but he's he's not a dick about it. No. But uh, even that isn't it. Because no. the complexity of her feelings for, for Velarek is she stabbed him in the back. Yes. Her talk with Pilot does not go well. John. No. He's venting the chamber! <laughs> no. Was she insist on, on doing that on her own? And Pilot has a f- absolute conniption. Yeah, p- a positive rage fit. Grabs her by the throat, tr- uh, strangles her for a little bit. Yep. Uh, until Dargo and John come run- rushing in. At that point, he even starts venting the chamber. Blasting them back against the wall somehow. Which seems a bit weird, <laughs> because that's not where the vent is. But uh, yeah, they manage to... Uh, he lets up on that, tells her to GTFO, basically. Yep, and, and Moya not- will not move another metra. Until uh, she's gone, Yeah. We have another uh, housemate meeting where uh, China's grabbed uh, Rigel and is just like giving him yeah. like, for like she's like being a bit. Like, <laughs> it was she's you. It was you. It's you. Yes, you did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you showed it to him, so he owed you one. Yeah, a big one. <laughs> giving your reverse umax to really, <laughs> yes, to really piss him off. Nugging him between the uh, earbrows and. <laughs> We also get a scene between Zan and Erin, and this is where your your observation about Zan being snippy comes in, because yes. she's treating Erin for the, the, the wound she sustained while being throttled by pilots. Oh, apparently there was a bit of a coin flip, whether there was going to be a CGI shot of Erin being held aloft and throttled by pilots, yeah. or uh, a CGI shot of pilot being lowered into the den in the flashback, and it was really just a coin flip, oh. and... Aaron lost, so she had to stand on some apple crates and look like she was being <laughs> dangled about. Yeah, we see a few, we see another few shots of just her feet where she where she's like hanging off the road. I guess she must have <laughs> yeah. just been like leaning on the console, keeping herself up with her hand. Two of arms. the grips just holding her by the elbow, yeah. and now you just sort of wiggle you and dangle. Kick your feet a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they've got stunt legs. Who knows? Yeah. That seems like a nice job. I could be stunt legs. Stunt legs. Oh, how are your calves? So, okay, maybe not. Look, I'm just <laughs> desperately scrabbling for any kind of joke here because this this episode is it is very very good. And oh, looking, it is. It's amazing. But for a fun-filled podcast, we have not had a lot of fun. No, true. I guess we can. We find light in our little things. So I thought it was interesting how, how Zan turned, because she's very snippy and she's tweeting... Uh, like, oh, did I hurt you? After she... Yeah, she's uh, not being very careful. No. And she, and she tries to, like, vent her blame on, on Aaron. But Aaron... Like, it doesn't affect her because she's already decided to leave. She's already yeah. decided. You think I lack compassion? That Pilot is right and that I defile Moya with my presence? Well, you know what? He's right. And you are right. And I will be in my prowler and out of here in less than an arm. Yeah. And that kind of shocks Zan. 
and I guess the fact that she she's shocked by it like gives her the realization that she probably doesn't want Aaron to leave. Or yeah, that, she, that she's been in the wrong with her re- response. I mean, like emotional responses are never wrong, but you can always recognize them for what they are and then yes. decide how you react upon them. I think that's a very good description. Yeah. And I, I respect a lot that Zan can, like, abruptly change her mind like that. I mean, if anybody's introspective, then it's Zan. You know, she's yes. one of the people uh, yeah, who's that's most, very fair. most suited for that sort of thing. We now get to see much more of what's going on with Pilot when he when he has a, a, a further freakout, and he actually rips his connection with Moya apart. Yes. He literally reaches down and... Like, Into his own abdomen. And, yeah, pulls out the same connections that we've seen... Uh, Velarak uh, attached to Moya earlier on because like yeah. Velarak did a little bit of like soul searching or in reaching as well he's been very intimate with Pilot because like at one point when he's down there you can see him just like reaching in and, and pulling, pulling out, out this, this, this handful of tendril. white tubing ten- yeah. tendrils slightly moist and stuff which apparently is what needs to be hooked up to uh, to Moya I was so curious about about seeing that again because I don't know whether this is a, sur- a surgical procedure it doesn't look like it like it seems like there is a an, an opening, yeah. a natural bio anatomical right. opening in yeah. the in the abdomen that that these tendrils can emerge from. I don't know if they're supposed to, but like, well, like I mean, they, the, they, have, they have a biological com- compatibility. Moya is a biomechanoid, which suggests mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they are that leviathans are constructed. I mean, they might be yeah. based upon an original creature, but at least. Leviathans, as they exist now, have a... A mechanoid, mechanical component. Yeah, a mechanoid component, and that means they've been intelligently designed. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial opinions from from my co-host Kay over there. Because Pilot's rage is not directed purely at Eren, but at himself. We don't know that yet at this point. No, but we're doing the thing. I'm pulling on the thread. I I know. No, you're you're right. You're right, of course, because that's so, like, you see his rage toward Eren, and his rage is amplified even even further to the point that, like, Yeah, he literally rips rips himself free. The side advantage of that is that he's finally free of pain, because apparently he's been in pain for the entire three cycles that he's been uh, Moya's pilot. Uh, but I guess he at this point he does this because well, well as we learn a little bit later in the episode he's like basically agreed to become the pilot replacement yes and that's, in defiance of the yeah. elders so because so, I was wondering about yeah, that early yeah, on in the episode me. I was sitting there like okay from what we know in the past pilot wanted to bond with a leviathan and so he he must have agreed at some point to become yes. a, a pilot for Moya. And I was always wondering, like, was he tricked into... At this point, when we learned that the first pilot ah, was killed, I'm yeah. like, okay, was he tricked into this? Was he kidnapped? Could have been another option. I didn't think as much, but... Right, right. Uh, but no, Because Velarek would have been capable of that. Right. But we learned that he was... I mean, he was kind of tricked. He was like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say tricked. He's like... Basically, He's, Velarek says, like, I mean for you 10 others uh, it's like that pilot is going to die anyway exactly and you have the option of becoming the new pilot yeah. for the for for moya and it really like, plays on his emotions like look up and what do you see stars that's what i offer you the stars i dream of nothing else i offer you a leviathan all you have to do is agree to help me oh the 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 yearning in young Pilot's voice, yes. it was oh, heartbreaking. Uh, but yeah, Velarek is never dishonest with him. Velarek no. is is exploiting his his youth and his and his desire. And because yeah, apparently, like 
the pilot elders can decide who bonds and, and who doesn't. Yeah, they, uh, they seem to have a say, big say in this matter. And they could have denied him access to another pilot. Mm. Yeah. Apparently they have that degree of independence. Oh, wait. Could have... Who? Oh, Velarak. Yeah, Velarak couldn't just demand a pilot be given to him. Mm, okay, maybe not. Right, because uh. that's... I mean, that's what our pilot... Tricky. We've got to figure yeah. out the, the, like the pilot species versus yes. <laughs> pilot, our pilot. Because our pilot says that if he hadn't agreed, then probably no other pilot would have right. agreed. And then there would have been no pilot for, yes. uh, for Moya. I mean, yeah, the reason that he does this ripping out his his, gut, his own guts, basically, is, I guess, I suppose, guilt at this point. Yeah, yeah. He, disgust with himself, with his useful impetuousness. He, yeah, he's been uh, reconfronted with the fact that uh, what happened back then, as, as someone that actually says. Like, that recording brought back memories of a time none of us wanted to remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is not also just true for... not just Aaron, just no. also Pilot, yeah. And Zan and Darko. Like, they don't want yeah. to think about those years that they spent aboard Moya as prisoners. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible for all of them. Pilot still has some control over the DRDs, though, even though Moya is kind of adrift and it causes the occasional shocks, apparently because the gravity bladders are uh, misaligned or oh, something. Very good. I'm going to give you another five points for that. <laughs> very good. Yes, the, the gravity bladders are deforming. Oh, I love that. And Darko gives some further exposition that... He's locked himself inside his chamber and the DRDs have taken up defensive positions. He must have used voice command. I think he's using voice commands. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for closing that particular... <laughs> Loophole, yes. <laughs> oh, hey, I've been meaning to tell you something. Yes. This episode was written by, and apologies if I mis- mispronounced the name, I've never heard it spoken, Naren Shankar. Uh, he's a writer that we know from some episodes of The Next Generation, but in particular, The Expanse. He's, oh. he's now the showrunner for The Expanse. He did nice. three episodes of, uh, of Farscape, including this one, and he really, really wanted to explore the past of, of Pilot and Aaron. I mean, that, that made this episode great for me. I, I loved yeah. all the backstory we got about Pilot, all the, all the shots of Pilot that we saw him. Like, it, it satisfied so much of the things that I've been w- wondering it's about. Almost it's almost overwhelming, right? Yeah, uh, it's like suddenly candy store. No, yeah. <laughs> also, just to see Moya occupied. Oh yes, back right. In because the, she back can support a huge, a huge population. There's these these wide hallways for tons and tons of people. Speaking of wide hallways, I finally uh, there's two things I noticed about Moya's design or interior. I noticed ah. that the the central room uh, is that what they call it, the center chamber, like center the chamber. That looks a bit different. It look, kind of looks a bit like I don't know. Wait. There was some open. There were some open arches. When are they in the galley? Uh, it's right at the beginning when uh, John and. Aaron are in there. They're sitting there talking at one point. Well, that's uh, an after the housemates meeting. I suppose so. Or um, are you talking about the boxing room, which I think is in no, the, it's uh, not the, bo- it's the maintenance not the bo- bay. It's definitely not the boxing room. It's, oh, there's it's, so many sets. But, but yeah, it looks like they just put up a few arches and left the space above it dark to hide the, so that you couldn't see the studio. Yeah, that's possible. I uh, mean, uh, a lot of Moya's sets were extremely modular. They had like 60 feet right. of hallway in, in yeah. five or six different sections that they could just, on wheels that they could roll around. So a couple of turns, yeah. Well, we, want to, we want to try junction here. I don't think there's ever a four junction that I've seen so far. No it's, straight lines it's, on it's always, it's always try, try junctions that you see. But And the other thing is, like, I noticed that the doorway into Pilot's Den yes. seems extremely low. I mean... They've moved to Homebush Bay. I know. The, but, the new studios, which weren't but, really but studios. The, but the other, do, the other doors didn't seem to have that effect. And, uh, maybe, maybe there's just a little step up that they had to do, but it like it looked like they kind of had to duck down. Ooh, I wonder if that's... Con- if there's continuity from that door to the space underneath Pilot, that uh, they had to build the whole thing on a, on a higher level. I don't know for sure, but I know the door you're talking about. Yeah. Like it, has, it has actual sort of oh, 
puckering around the edges of the door. Right. Uh, and beyond that, you see a wall that sort of looks like, I mean, veiny skin. It's, it's really biological mm-hmm. in there. Actually, no. What it reminds me of is the wall outside of Talon's command. Oh, yes. The, 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 the weird, like, skin-type look. look yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. Maybe this is where the skin flakes are grown. <laughs> you just peel the wallpaper off and then you've got a new blanket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, easier than, it's easier than doing laundry. <laughs> yeah. Certainly when you have an oricon dying on you. <laughs> uh, you're right about this being an absolute candy store. There is so much to, to talk about. But the, like, the resolution we're, uh, we're heading toward is, I mean, Pilot deserves to be bonded naturally. He, everybody needs to sort of confront their past, realize that's behind us. We made those. We made those decisions. We aren't those people anymore, and we have to move forward in a in a way that's that's fairer than what we did in the past. That's the. I think that's the main lesson. Aaron wants to be fairer to John than she was to uh, to Velarek. Right. Pilot wants to be fairer to Moya than he was in the in the past because that's what he says when he when he rips uh, his tendrils out and all the blue gunk comes out of the tubes. Yeah. Moya is free of me. Yes. He's such an empathetic creature. He can't process the, 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 the guilt that he's dealing with. No, I guess everybody has to, like, yeah, confront their past and then review it in the cur- light of the current situation. And, yeah, yeah what, there's, there is a little bit of what's done is done. But I guess everybody has to realize that they're not that person anymore. They were back yeah. when this all happened. Things have yep. changed. Everybody's grown. Everybody has developed and uh, become a different person, and they still have to live with the actions they took back then. Yeah. But just giving up on any everything that's happened since then is not the solution. Nor not like blaming each other. Like I think the thing that Zan and and Darko are most concerned about is whether whether Aaron has been lying all this time. Right. Whether she knew and didn't tell them because that would be a huge deal. I can't tell if you're lying or not. Right. I mean, and, and this literally comes up a few times when she she says, like, I've been on hundreds of Leviathans. I didn't know this was the one. It comes back later again when Dargo talks about, like, did you know Pilot was in pain? It's like, no, I, don't, I didn't know that was this Pilot. Yeah. Again, it's like, I had no idea that, like, I've been on the same ship all that time. She never talked to Pilot then. He, had, uh, he, was, in, he was in his Hannibal Lecter phase. Yeah. John and Aaron managed to bypass the DRDs and jump back into Pilot's Den. <laughs> bypass? That's the word we're going to go with? Well, okay. There's, a, there's a little firefight where they blast no, the, I was, the I was talking about the DRDs in the corridor at first, and then when they come in and Pilot, <laughs> oh, yeah. pilot, pilot gets the DRD shooting at them, they blast all the DRDs out of the area. Out of existence. Brother and sister turns against brother and pilot sister. Pilot and... Aaron have a little heart-to-heart, I suppose. She literally offers Pilot that he can kill her if that's what he wants yeah. to do. She gives him her pulse pistol. Yeah. And, like, can, look at his claws. What, it's like, what, what's the brother going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Pilot at this point is, admits to himself that... I need to... Well, actually, what does he admit to himself? Never well, mind. no, this uh, is the point where he rips out his, uh, his tendrils. Oh, right, this yes. is the downside of the Treaty of Mintaka 3, yes. that we wound up crossing the same time stream. We're going to have to figure something something out. Yeah. I mean, I still think we would have had a lot more trouble actually, actually talking about all the things that we wanted to talk about. Oh, I got it wrong? Actually, no, I'm not no. surprised. Yeah, no, this is not... The, 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 Guts have already been ripped out because that. Uh, wow. Because yeah, that, that caused the, right. the, the, the trouble with Moya. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah. Stop wasting my time. Get your unit working. Okay, we need to we need yeah. to learn how to navigate the time streams. But hey, we'll we'll get there as we fly along. Move. 
Because the Farscape is sort of moving out of the rollicking adventure of the week and trying yes. some some really sophisticated storytelling that mm. we also have to adapt to keep up. Like, I remember season two came along. I struggled to enjoy it early on. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Because it was dark. It was yep. it was intense. But then episodes like this would come along and there was so much that mm. I'd been curious about. Based on my actions back then, I deserve to die. And if you wish to kill me right now, I'm not going to stop you. But please, spare the others and yourself. Aaron Sun, it is not you who deserves death. It is I. The little heart-to-heart that Aaron and Pilot have is actually oh, yeah. when we learn that Pilot is the, the reason that he did all this was because of the own guilt that he feels. It's only, only yes, here, at, right at the very end of the episode, that we learn that he was fully well aware of what was going to go happen, that he was a replacement pilot and that... Uh, yeah, uh, but that it was the previous his, but, pilot would be killed. But it was only his, his only chance at the stars and that it's, like, it's been his own guilt which has been projecting and which he's been yeah. so, so angry about. Which I think goes for everyone. Yeah. Uh, like for Zan and Dargo as well, like the the animosity that they've expressed toward toward Aaron, limited as it is, like yeah. Dargo quickly processes it. Yep, yeah. he can handle. We've all had stuff in our past. It takes Zan a bit more, surprisingly. Yeah. But yeah, the animosity is they've been heavily traumatized by years of abuse yeah. at the hands of a justice system that does not seem to value justice, and they were projecting that onto onto her because it's it's ripping open an old scar mm. for uh, for all of them, except Chiana. Who no. keeps the and for and for John, yeah, you know, who are, are kind of like the bystanders and the people who tr- try to make everything uh, go in the right direction, which fortunately happens because yeah. uh, apparently it's possible for pilots to. There's a temporary procedure where he can like he knows a few things that he can hook up to Moya with, yeah, and start his natural bonding process, and he he cautions them that it's going to take a long time before he'll have complete control back over. Uh, Moya the way he used to. It will make it even more tenuous for all of us. It doesn't matter, pilot. You deserve to be bonded to Moya naturally. I will work hard to deserve it. And they say, like, no, that, we'll work that doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll you deserve to be. Yeah. And he's like finally can connect to Moya painlessly. It's especially it's Dargo that says it. Yes. Which I really like because Dargo is usually like the re, the, the real politique, recognizing yes. necessities. But he realizes that, yeah, Pilot deserves this. Yeah. There's, there's, there's really nothing else for it. We have to accept the consequences. Because Pilot has had to accept the constant pain that he's been in for three years. Right. Oof. That must be, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. It still gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> thinking does. about it. That, that they've known him all this time and he's been, well, I mean, I wonder if there's an allegory there for a, a person with a, a, with a chronic illness. I or so, yeah. That they, that they struggle with. That they don't I mean, necessarily express right. to everyone all the time. I mean, it can also be like construed as being a physical manifestation of the fact of the, of the guilt and the uh, and the oh, pain that he's yeah. been going through for the fact that he's like yeah, he, he, he got himself into this position. Actually, that's a good one because once uh, once Dargo welds him back to Moya, <laughs> which is oh, this is what we're calling a natural bonding. All this, there's a lot of sparks flying off there's, your, there's of your arc lo- welder. Yes, well, but how does it feel? There's no pain. No longer any pain. Uh, yeah. you know, the, I mean, the pain was already gone, but now he has connection to Moya back and no, still no pain. So that's a good thing. I think you're right. Like, uh, I, think it's, I think it's partly physical and partly metaphorical. Yes. That's uh, like, that he can bond with her without that, uh, without that guilt. 
Well, yeah, we, we haven't really talked about like how it all affects Moya, of course, who gets who, who goes a little bit confusing and really zooming about. I am reading major variances in the life support system. The internal gravity bladders are all deforming, and Moya's trying to fix it herself. That's because Pilot is offline. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a really good point, because Moya's experience throughout all this just hasn't been addressed. Well, there's an interesting scene about halfway through when we see how Pilot gets hooked up. Yeah, does that feel good? Yes. You sure? Hmm. Much better. The DRDs are responding to my impulses now. Hundreds of them. And yeah. Velorak uh, turns off Moya's... Sedation. Sedation, that's the word, yes. Yeah. Try not to be afraid. I won't cry out. You will. Uh, and control collar. And suddenly, Pilot gets this massive flashback information, basically all things that happened in Moya's past, I suppose. Space battles, fighting, uh, all of moving, her sensations. All of her sensations come rushing in all at once. And her emotions, her intense confusion, because... Yeah. When she went to sleep, she was bonded with the previous pilot. Yeah, and she has no idea who this new person and is. And now there is someone else there, yes. Moya can sense your presence. She knows that you're not her old pilot. Ah! What is that? I'm sorry, it's a pain pulse from her control collar. We must force her to accept you. Wow. And then, of course, then what, after he cuts, him, cuts himself out of her, then she again goes, just like kind of random flying around. They, tr- they try to find a way to communicate directly to Moya and uh, control her or give her instructions. But apparently the control panels don't really do that. Like, Yeah, interesting there. Because it, it seems like Moya is not really capable of uh, regulating her own life support system very well. That's that's right. that's a primary so, pilot so I, function. So I suppose that the, mecha- that the life support system is uh, part of the mechanical part of the biomechanoid. Yes. Ship. Like it's, not, it's something I that they kind of have fair. to tack on to make her uh, habitable for humans. Yeah. So it makes uh, sense that, that that's not under or direct Or whatever control. the species mm-hmm. happens to be. I mean... Right. Sorry, sebations. I, I say humans. But, but, I get uh, you. I get you. Yeah. But like it, it, it does make you, make you wonder like how common they, they are. Like They're not a peacekeeper-controlled species. No. Although a lot of them are controlled by peacekeepers. Yeah, yeah, certainly the ones that we see, but like there must be Luxon Leviathans and Hynerian Leviathans. Like everyone seems to know about them. Yes, although they must be able to. They seem to be a somewhat rare commodity. But yeah, if the, if the, if the well, peacekeepers been on hundreds, rest, yes, I know. But still, everybody's like talking about all Leviathan. I mean, basically, like horse is a metaphor, I suppose, right? Yeah, not as large or as sophisticated as Moy here, but kind of similar, loyal and intelligent. That you capture and make work for you. Yeah, but we love them too. You love what you enslave. We don't enslave them. All right, we, all right. fine. We enslave them. So wow, yeah. I'm I'm really I got I got to say this is I feel exactly the way I felt the first time that I that I saw this. I was just gutted. Yes, especially because there's been a non-stop slog of these really intense conflicts. Oh yeah, let's confront the grim specter of death again. Cool, <laughs> great, great. No. Super looking forward to it. Very I've waited good. six months for the for the new episode to come out, and it's oh, it's worse now. Great, but what a sucker punch! And what a, I mean, there's there's real moments of joy in there as well. Like to see those moments between between Aaron and Velarek, and how how John must have looked through Aaron's eyes, mm. remembering Velarek. That time when he asked me to go with him, he said, "You can be so much more." That was exactly what you said to me on the first day I was here. You've been universally contaminated, remember? It means death. It is my duty, my breeding since birth. It's what I am. 
You can be more. You can be so much more. Now, obviously, this is retcon. Right. Oh, I see right? what you mean. Yeah. But, I mean, she went with him in the in the in the premiere episode when when she told him this is this is who I am from birth. Right. And he said, "You can be more." And, and she turns- heard Valerak. Yes. I mean, I'd like, like, like in the opening shot, even I for a moment there, I was like trying to see: is this John that we're looking at? But uh, like, I mean, I don't, I don't say they look alike, but there's like similarities. They kinda, oh yeah, I mean, it was the, uh, the, the the head was kept out in frame. You couldn't yeah, see the, exactly. uh, the hair color. Clearly, had a red uniform. Right. I think it was a different red uniform. There was a lot of different peacekeeper styles here. I saw the mm. the sort of giant giant pauldrons that all the infantry are wearing were matte yeah. uh, uh, foam this time instead of being shiny foam like we've seen them on the, the gamak base lots of like little details suggesting that the you know the uniforms changed over over the years yeah. So I was c- kind of curious about what uh, Velarex side project was until we learned that it was the uh, contraceptive for yes. Moya. But that still leaves me wondering, like, why? Why was he? I mean, why was he working against that? Like, do you think it was just because he thought that, like, having a Leviathan peacekeeper warship was an abomination? I mean, that doesn't seem to really fit into the sense, uh, the thought I, patterns. Yeah, of- I, I struggle with this as well. And and where I think I land is that Velarex actually does have a great deal of respect for. Leviathan's pilot culture, mm-hmm. and that yes, while he is like exploiting them for peacekeeper purposes, because yeah. he is a, he is a consummate peacekeeper, yeah. he does value them, and and this is finally like Crasis Project is so vile that these two worlds that he's lived in, uh, on the one hand his his love for for science and mm-hmm. uh, and, and Leviathan, and on the other hand his uh, his ascendancy through the ranks of PK Tech is finally brought to a conflict. And he has to choose a side. Yeah. He has to choose to either be a peacekeeper who violates the the the, the miraculous beauty of these uh, these symbiotic creatures, or he has to defy his upbringing. Yeah. And I think that at least that's that's how it lands for me. Yeah. Because he is unrepentant. No, totally. In the right. uh, in the end. Yeah. For a while, I had a little theory going out that whatever his little side project was was going to be the workaround that allowed pilots to reconnect back into Moya, but it uh, oh. that, he, that, that he was like doing a little sneaky on the side or something. But no, it turns out to be much simpler. That we can just do a temporary hookup and we'll give you n- time to do your natural bonding. Hey, maybe it's both. Maybe no. Yeah. Maybe he did help. <laughs> It's a very John Light episode. This he's he's in there a lot, but he's just right. asking questions and he's just asking, "Hey, oh, what does this have to do with the tape? How the hell did he get all of that?" So you think the talking will help? Talk to me. Why don't you talk to me? So what happened back then? What happened back then? Aaron, what happened with you and Velarek? Did you lie? And Pilot's been in pain all this time. What about him? And you? Have you? What happened to Velarek? What's got you so torn up about what happened? You love this man. Please start the next flashback sequence. <laughs> Pilot. Pilot. Flashback sequence, what, please. What can I say to make you flashback? <laughs> she gives me a woody. She gives you the willies. So, will I mean, willies is going to be like... Like all, of it, all over the place. All, I, I was mostly going to it's say... It's all willy pi- all the time. Pilot, pilot treatment, I would say, is like basically yeah, the willies God. here. That's, I mean, yeah, not just our uh, new pilot, but also old pilot. Just the way pilots are treated here is just like, oh my God, that's like... I mean, it's a confrontation for us as viewers as well, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, Chiana is also talking to us. Like, we've accepted Aaron. We've accepted that, oh, she's turned her back on the a, on a peacekeeper life. What 
Do you think that she was just like hanging out, like knitting while all the bad yeah. peacekeepers were doing the mean stuff? I mean, we, d- we really don't know what peacekeepers really do. Other than like other farm, than the farm, examples that we've yeah, seen, yeah. Other than farm people for gun oil and, yeah. but other than that, like we haven't really seen them do anything other than like focus on these special specialty missions like Gamma yeah. G- Base and Crisis see- Project. We we don't know what peacekeepers regular do. Regular nine to five peacekeepers, peacekeepers do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, when when two peacekeepers get close and they fall in love, then the man offers to pull strings to affect the woman's career yeah. because that's happening again like Larac <laughs> did that hey I could pull some strings and you ever think about going special ops get you assigned back to yeah. my place if you if you like that and Velarek is like hey don't worry about it I can make it happen I can make it happen yeah I'm high up in tech command too yeah until eventually it is Grace that gives her the career that that she wants by yeah. pulling strings I assume you're the informant yes captain officer Aronson just contact Lieutenant Teague. She'll see that you're rewarded with the assignment you requested. Prowler details, sir. Although for him, it's like... Whatever. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does so not care. Move! Woody's. Yeah. Also, tough choice. Yeah. Because I'm with you. Willie I mean, is all over the place. They're, they're, they're mine, mine, so go, mine goes to the pilot backstory. The fact that we get to see, literally see more of pilot and the fact that how <laughs> how his physiology... <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm not for upskirt shots, but this was, like, definitely... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel you. I that, feel, that tickled a lot of my uh, curiosity uh, about uh, how will pilot and Moya interact and how it works and how that, that, that whole part... Like, yeah, that definitely... He has, he has so many little legs. Yes. When you when uh, when Dargo's welding him naturally onto <laughs> onto how that works, I do not know. No. But there's there's all of these little legs sort of uh, sort of wiggling about there. Yeah, they're like like, like little hexapod like uh, th- yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Things sticking out a little bit like uh, what are they're they? They're very flimsy considering yes. his uh, his body weight. Yes, maybe that's why they don't move around a lot. Or maybe he has a lot of them. I mean, they kind of reminded me of those robots from Star Wars. The uh, what are they called again? Oh. Uh, the uh, Dredica. Oh, yes. The, 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 who come the rolling in and then, they, yeah, yeah. and then they expand their little spindly paws and uh, legs. And, uh, that, and they put on their uh, their shield. Kind of look like that. Such a cool That's name as well. Dredica, yes. <laughs> uh, let me see. I think I think my Woody... Oh, unconventional move is going to go to Lani Tupu. Ah, who, I can see that, yes. And I know that this is an Aaron-centric episode. And she did, by the way... Claudia Black did amazing. Yes, that must have been a tough acting job. She must have been exhausted mm. after the, like going through those those huge ranges. But Lani Tupu finally got to he got to let loose as pilot. Ah! He got to be crazy crazy. Move and and vulnerable pilot, yeah. Pilot as well. Just the way he says stars. Oh, it yeah. it still sends a shiver up my oh. spine. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's uh, okay. I think I think for this time we need to introduce another segment. Yeah, let's. I know it's really hard, but the listeners at home are relying on us. We have not done any dumb jokes. Oh, gee, we've not done nearly enough dumb jokes. So oh, let's um, go through here and see if we make some jokes about the stupid dry epaulets. We have the militarized DRDs who cannot shoot straight. No, they're they're rubbish. Oh wait, maybe they're sort of like peacekeeper anti-aircraft gunners. Because, oh. like, John and Aaron come running up straight down the only path there is, yes. direct line, and they the DRDs can't seem to hit them. No. 
I mean, maybe they just don't want to. Maybe just pilot just said shoot and not like shoot them or anything. So oh, that yeah. they just go like. Maybe these are just some like rubbish DIDs who don't get to participate in the DID laser tag that all the other ones play all the time. <laughs> these are the ones who are always playing poker. <laughs> they just, maybe they th- maybe they are playing laser tag. Maybe that's what it's. Maybe they play laser tag with actual blaster bolts. Oh, and that they're just playing possum once they got hit by the pulse pistols. Let's go with that. Yes, man. Yes, uh, bad jokes uh, about this episode. They, they always say that like in theater, comedy is one of the most depressing like genres to play. There's a yes. lot more joy in, in tragedy. I can see I'm that. sort of feeling that. Oh. I mean, as for joy, I mean, like, there's that lovely, tiny little smile that John has right at the end of the episode. Uh, oh. Don't you, wouldn't you say is that, like, well, after we get his last little heart-to-heart with Aaron? Actually, that's a good point. Uh, where he asked if, After she told, tells him about that, uh, the first thing that he said to her. Yeah. Uh, you're more, you're more, well, not the first thing, but, uh, yeah. You can be more. And... Then they all just have a bunch... They just gaze at each other. other. Yeah. I mean, they're still into each other. For for about 16 minutes. <laughs> while right. we while we fade out. It was a really long... Yeah. A really long fade out. No, I think John's smiling at the end. Like, you see the faintest and hint And that's of your dumb joke? No, it wasn't, it wasn't a dumb joke. It was a little positive moment. Okay, a positive moment. I mean, what... Uh, there's really not a second in here that I can, that I can have a gag with. I mean, there's sexy times with uh, Velorak and uh, Aaron, but... Uh, oh, that reminds me. Yeah, we have a mutual friend who lived in the Netherlands at the time, Myra, and I think she saw this as well, and she remarked, hey, Sebastians have sex with the lady on top. Oh. Because that's, that's any time that they're, that they're getting it on. Right. Uh, uh, Aaron's on, on top, suggesting that maybe this is their normal cultural practice. Like, even when Velorak pushes her down... He, she He's ends on up. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Ends up, she ends up on top. Oh, okay, that could be a thing. I mean, I don't know. Now I how... wonder what her bottom half is like. Oh well, I and mean, how John's going to feel when he finds out. I mean, we've seen her bottom half in some uh, fairly tight pants so far. So yes, um, we do get a few butt shots <laughs> of uh, Ms. Claudia Black. I'm yes, glad to see that that's not just reserved I, for uh, for Ben Browder. I would say she's well exercised. So. <laughs> Although I could stand to see Ben Browder in uh, skimpy crop tops uh, like, uh, like she likes to wear. Nothing would look better. Oh, actually, actually, there is a moment. It's not a dumb joke, but there is the last moment when Grace leaves with Velarek in tow. Yeah. Uh, having said, you know, whatever to Aaron. Whatever. He looks back at her for a second. Yeah. I really like that moment. I think that, that that's the moment that he, like, remembered her name and sort of thought, Here's one to look out for. Yeah, yeah. It's like this one. Because she singled herself out. All right. Oh, well, I... so much for another fun-filled. They've got... Wait, no. Wait. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we shouldn't come in with the expectation of it being fun all the time because that that doesn't well, the, have to be the case. The podcast is fun-filled. That doesn't mean the episode has to. Exactly. Be. Yeah. I have. I enjoy. Well, no. Hold on. That's that's kind of what I mean. The podcast has not been very fun-filled. Either. Well, I mean, I've, I've been, been having a lot of fun. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, enjoying fun. Can we come up with any other Fs to describe oh. it that's not such a burden on... A, a factually fantastic... Ooh, frelled up. Ooh, a fantastically frelled up... <laughs> uh, f- <laughs> a fantastically frelled up, yeah. friendly... Oh, far... Yeah. F- farce... Okay. Yeah, well, I'm trying to find something. Um, maybe we'll leave this to our uh, to our listeners, who, by the way, check it out on uh, at so Farscape. Uh, we've made a handy dandy little form where you can suggest your own uh, uh, synopses, because all the synopses that that I had gave way too much away. So this time, 
We had the good fortune, uh, Grace, who's at Marshland Witch, had written in and synopsized the way we weren't as, you ever wonder who had your co-worker's job before your co-worker got that job? Buckle up and let's find out. <laughs> yes, I, that made no sense to me last week, but now I understand yes. it completely. Which is exactly, like, that is what we want. We want entirely accurate and entirely useless uh, synopses. And we have a few in store for uh, uh, the next episode, which is Picture If You Will. Yes, where Greg says, Pushy traders give the crew a portrait of a girl on fire. Dali's art is now in space, and an old enemy turns out to be a fan of Labyrinth. And Grace is back. She says, This haunted antique is going to catch you when the bitch get back. Wookie says, Moya becomes the living ship of horrors. Get it? Like Little Shop of Horrors? When an old enemy shows off his artistic skills. And that is uh, Redshirt Wookie on Twitter. <laughs> yes, because he actually changed his Twitter name so that we would say it online. Ah, that's about the highest honor we can get. No one has tattooed us on the side of their neck or named any children after us I that we know. I would encourage them not to do that. <laughs> You can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook and on SoFarscape.com. We'd love to hear from you. I've been Kaki. I'm Kay. SoFarscape, so good. good.